And uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of, of tonight, I just kind of thought I would kind of talk about why I think that song, why that song impacted me, and it, it encapsulates a lot of the way I approach worship. Um, so, like, first of all, there's this emphasis on uh, the first, you know, the first word is we, we come, we come. And so the, this thought that it's a people coming, you know, I've said it before on a Sunday, if you've heard, and I've definitely said it to, the, you know, to individual folks that I've taught with, like Christianity and following God is not a lone ranger thing. It's a, it's a people thing. God always intended to create a people for himself, not just, not just a bunch of wild individuals. I mean, he loves the fact that he made us unique. But his goal, he created a nation for himself, Israel. And so like the fact that this song all is just oriented around a people coming to God. We, we are coming to God. Always appealed to me. Um, And just that, and then just to move to sort of the pre-chorus of we're climbing up the mountain of the Lord. And just like this, this kind of, the song is called Call to Worship. So it's just the idea of like, we are going somewhere. We are approaching you know, the mountain, which is a great Old Testament image of, of where God dwelled, you know. Um, and then uh, the, the, the thing that always grabbed me was the chorus, which is what a chorus should do, you know. But just that, that line of, come let us recognize what a sacred thing we do. And I have a lot of fun, like any of these guys, if you're not like part of the worship team, like anybody on the worship team would tell you, like, you know, we have fun and we kind of, on Thursdays, we can be kind of casual and goofy. But at the heart of it all lies this deadly serious sacred thing that, that we do. And, um, and when it's sort of go time on, on Sunday morning, especially when we're gathered as a people, um, even though I might say goofy things in the midst of a gathering and everything, like there is this, uh, this other side of it that is like I take it extremely seriously. And, um, and uh, it's a time that, that I hold every action, every minute, every word and every note played is important, you know? Um, and so that being said, like, what we're going to talk about tonight is sort of where we left off last time after that marathon talk of kind of like, you know, kind of bringing us up to sort of the middle of the 20th century, like worship and, and how the church has worshiped. And now we're sort of, we left off with sort of um, what I would consider to be the two main um, feeders into the way we worship, which is somewhat of this charismatic movement of just freedom of expression, even, you know, even though E3 is not necessarily like a charismatic worshiping body, and the praise and worship movement, which we talked about last time. Um, and so those are the two things that, those are the two movements that I feel like really contribute to most of what we do on a Sunday morning. So we're going to pick, sort of pick up where that left off, uh, but also talk a lot more about, um, I would say, more heart stuff. And this is, um, this will probably be a lot different than last gathering, uh, last time we gathered in the sense it's going to be a lot shorter uh, for one thing. But, um, so yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Lord of the Rings. 
love the movie, love the book. The first time I saw the first movie, we went to this theater and went with my wife, and I literally like started crying, like as as the movie began, you know, because because it was like it was uh, from the get go by my by my opinion, like it was being done so well, you know. So I'm like I'm totally geeking out at this thing. Um, but, uh, and I've watched like all the appendices, like, and, you know, 16 hours on each DVD, you know, I totally went for it. Um, I I'd obviously, at one point in my life, had a lot of spare time on my hands. Um, but uh, in, the, in the second film, uh, The Two Towers, you know, there's this, if you're familiar with the story, you know, a couple of the hobbits get taken by bad guys and, and, and uh, these guys have to go on a pursuit of them. And the director did something extremely clever, uh, I thought, in that, like, whenever these guys, whenever these guys uh, who are coming to rescue these guys, whenever you see them running, they're always running. In every single shot in the film, they're running in the same direction. They're running from left to right, always. You know, it's, a, it's like a, like a two-hour-plus movie. And every single scene, the director has oriented it to where they're always running in the same direction. And it's one of those kind of things that you, as a movie, as, as a casual movie watcher, you may not like, that may not click with you, but I think it clicks on a subliminal level. Like, like there, this is going somewhere. And I thought that was, uh, for me, kind of a, an adequate way to set up like the way I look at Sundays. Um, we are going somewhere. It may not always be apparent to you guys, but there is a point to everything that happens on Sunday. And we are heading in a certain direction all the time. Um, we don't just throw songs together and hope for the best, you know, and, um, and don't just kind of randomly pick, thing, pick things. And so for some of you tonight, like, this is going to be sort of a, <laughs> um, a peek behind the curtain uh, of, of the of Oz, you know, like kind of a little bit of how the mechanics of how I uh, particularly will approach a Sunday or how this ministry will approach a Sunday. Um, so the songs kind of come together in a combination of like three things. Um, a, sort of a good, good practices or be, best practices from a worship standpoint, like that's one thing, theology, and then our culture at E3. Like there's this kind of blending together that all determine like what songs we pick and how we string them together. Basically, you know, like you don't, you know, like by good practices, I mean like you don't start off with a slow bummed out song, you know, uh, that, you know, and then theologically, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. And then there are, then E3's unique culture. Every church is almost like utterly unique. And certain songs work for some bodies that don't work for other bodies. And like I, when I came here in 2006, I, I went through this like learning period of like, wow, like this community does not sing very well about this aspect. It doesn't mean that it's worse. It just means like certain things just work, you know, depending on who comes to that church. So um, on a broad perspective, like that's how we start putting together songs, so that's how I uh, uh, put together songs. Um, as far as like what the goal is, like in Lord of the Rings, you know, these guys had to rescue the hobbits, so we don't have to rescue any hobbits, but, but um, there's kind of two objectives 
um, that I'll approach a Sunday with. And I really wanted to use more scripture. And um, again, like if, if I can just kind of be clear again, like there's so much latitude that God leaves us in scripture for like worship. You know, God never says, you know, um, you know if you've done this, then your congregation has worshiped effectively. It's, there's just not that in there. But so what I'm going to read is like a couple of scripture things, and I'm just going to talk about the way they've spoken to me and how that feeds into like what I do on a Sunday. So the first one is um, 2 Corinthians, um, start, uh, it's basically most of chapter 12, but I'm not going to read all of it. And this is Paul writing to this church, and he's basically you know, talking about um, these other apostles who are kind of setting themselves up about, to be sort of better than he is, or kind of talking about his credentials as a spiritual person. So this is, what, this is what Paul says. Paul says, it's necessary to boast. Nothing is to be gained by it, but I will, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Now, just so you know, like when he says that, he's talking about himself. Like, you know, the uh, interpreters all agree. Like, this is Paul talking to himself. He's just being somewhat modest. Um, 14 years ago, was caught up to the third heaven. You know, who knows exactly what he's talking about there. Um, Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told and no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Paul always finds a way to like boast without boasting. But, um, but he goes on, uh, and this is a, probably a pretty familiar passage. Um, you know, in this, he's still talking about this vision. Therefore, uh, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too um, elated. Um, three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, and if you know it and you say it, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Um, so in a, this is what that means to me. Like, part of my objective is to bring people into such a powerful experience of God on Sunday or any day that... Uh, that they can beg God to remove stuff from their heart, you know, that they've struggled with, that they can have this intimate, face-to-face, honest encounter with their creator, you know? And, like, there's no direct correlation for worship. It's just this idea of, like, acknowledging that God is real and that sometimes he can overwhelm you in an experience and awesome things happen. Um, I personally have had... You know, I've been blessed to have like a really, really overwhelming experience with God. And I know he's capable of doing that. Uh, and, and another similar passage, which I won't maybe not spend a lot of time on just because we dealt with it in the first week, was, is Isaiah 6. 
And it's that revisiting of that thing of like him having this vision of God in the temple um, as a worshiper. And then uh, he is, he is uh, overwhelmed with his brokenness and his, the junk in his life. And he says, woe, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And um, I, I, I'm a part of an unclean people. And it's this whole idea of this is like amazing, intense experience where God does healing work, God does encouraging work, God does, you know, so it's like um, we, a church, church world would be, would be like expectancy. Like I lead worship with expectancy. I know God is capable. But the other sort of objective that I have to uh, come to Sunday with is this whole idea of just God's people remembering his deeds and remembering his acts, you know. And for me, it's like, it's kind of like Passover, you know, or, or um, I don't want to say communion, but like anything that you, you would just do over and over again to just remind yourself of, hey, I'm God's, I'm part of God's family, you know. And, and maybe you don't collapse, you know, you don't collapse and you're not overwhelmed, but it's just this gentle reminder of like, oh yeah, this is who I am and this is who God is. And so, I know that God's not always going to show up in power and like just knock everybody over. Um, and sometimes it's just like we just need to sing these songs because they're recitations on our lips. Like, I'm just going to sing these words. And uh, there's a lot of studies that have shown that like what you speak with your lips, even if you're not like, you know, even if you're not like locked into it mentally, what comes out of your mouth, even if it's just like a rote memorization, can affect you. And so as scary as that is, like that's great for a worship leader because just like, you know what, we just need to sing these songs. You may come in here feeling defeated and bowled over and discouraged and angry, but you know, what I would, what I would say to people uh, is that you still just need to open your mouth, sing the words. Just open your mouth and sing the words. And uh, if you do it long enough, and if you do it just out of obedience enough, you might be amazed at what your heart, you know, does, what happens to your heart. And uh, as sort of a, an aside, it's like what I'm really hoping with, with coming together like this is that if we, if this small group of people um, can begin to internalize and understand these things, maybe we can help our brothers and sisters and friends do the same thing, you know, because like they can't, they're not all here, and I can't all speak to them, but if maybe you guys can exercise some of these things, and then challenge some of your friends to do the same thing, you know, who knows what God could do in the midst of this community, who knows what he's waiting to do in the midst of this community, you know, if people would just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go for it, I'm just going to open my mouth and, and sing these, these silly words, um, and this is kind of where all of last week comes into play for me. It's like, um, yes, I'm a child of, of a non-denominational Bible church, you know, but I know, like, you know, and I'm a child of, of I'm, I'm wired up to move. I'm wired up to worship God somewhat freely. But if the emotions don't come from me, I know that there's this whole other stream of worshiping tradition that I can just go, well, it's just enough for me to remember it's just enough for me to just remember the words and remember God's faithfulness. It doesn't always have to be emotional, you know? And so I know that, like, 
Because sometimes it's tempting, like, oh, if the feelings don't come, I have failed. I have a, I'm a failed worshiper or I'm a failed worship leader. And um, I just can tell you that's not the case. Uh, and what I tell a lot of my team and some of the other worship leaders is, uh, you know, Paul says that uh, we walk by, what, faith, not by, and um, I tell people on my team occasionally, we lead worship by faith. We don't lead by sight. So, like, whether you see people being touched by God or not, doesn't matter. We just, we do what we do, and, if, and we just encourage them to sing, and we provide the best environment that they can, and, um, and God works on the heart, you know? Um, so, that being said, uh, just a couple of little technical approaches that of the way I kind of do things. Again, there's so much freedom in our tradition. Um, there's no real prescriptions for how we approach a Sunday. There's, we're not beholden to, um, you know, any denomination or any book that says, you know, this is the form that you should use, ex- except um, by, you know, what I mentioned before, uh, good practices, theology, and culture. And, um, and I've also I said this last week, again, that there's no, there's no orders of worship that are agreed on in the New Testament. A couple spots in the New Testament where Paul lists out some stuff. You know, we know that they prayed. We know that they, did, but there's no clarity as like, this is the way the ancient church said to worship Jesus. So that being said, it's like, well, what do we, what do we do? What do we, how do we work this thing? Well, we just draw on metaphors and Old Testament stuff that's a little more clear. But what, what's really um, has spoken to me, has been effective to me, is there's two traditions, and I kind of list them in there, or not traditions, but there's two kind of ways, the five-phase approach to worship and the four-phase approach to worship. And I'll just run through them relatively uh, quickly. The five-phase approach comes from more of the vineyard churches. And if you remember, like, the vineyard churches are really focused on intimacy. They're really focused on bringing in people into a really immediate presence, immediate you know, um, experience of God. Um, and so they'll do that by following this kind of model. So one is the first movement or the first phase is the invitation phase. And it's the call to worship. You know, just like the song we sing. It's typically loud. It's typically energetic. It's wake up. We're, we're, I'm calling you to worship. Um, the second phase is what they call engagement. The engagement phase. And it kind of answers the question, uh, why are we here? So you're singing songs now like to God. Um, I wish I had some, well, like sing to the king even would be like that's an easy, you know, we are singing to God. The third phase is what they call exaltation, magnification, more songs kind of um, just focusing on God's character, just focusing on who he is and magnifying that. And then 
um, they would sort of transition to a time of adoration. There's so many shuns in these things. Be like Jesse Jackson. Invitation, exaltation, magnification. Anyway, uh, adoration, which is obviously going to be a little bit more quiet. Uh, this is time where kind of your feelings more, of it's more emotional. It's kind of feelings of devotion to God. It's kind of unlocking some of that, some of that passion. Um, and that brings them to kind of their bread and butter, which is the intimacy phase. Like that's where they want pe- people to be experiencing the most powerful experience of God. Um, they're very directly, direct to God, highly relational uh, this might be where a song like um, The Stand or From the Inside Out that we've done here on Sundays, like that's where a song like this might become. Or like you're really pouring out your heart to God and you, and you want that feeling of Him being just right there with you. Um, obviously, in a vineyard church, and I, I don't, you know, this is not being, this is not being, like, there's nothing about this that's mechanical. It's like, they, they separate this stuff into, you know, but there's not like, we are now moving, moving into the, you know. But, like, what you will find is, like, obviously, the, this is, like, where you're going to find people kneeling. You're going to find people's hands lifted. Like, this is where people are really allowing God to work on them, you know. And so, um, people just let go. And that's what happens. Um, and then, and then the last, which is like, this is the most uncreative, uh, this just sounds horrible, but it's called the closeout song. <laughs> but it's basically to just kind of get people to gently come down from that or gently get out of that experience and move into a time of teaching. So and rather than just kind of, you know, cut people off right when they're in the middle of like, you know, okay, here comes a message. It's kind of a song that kind of helps them transition out of that. I know I moved fast. Does anybody need me to repeat any of that or anything? Okay, awesome. So, anyways. What's number six? There is no number six. No, it's invitation, engagement, exaltation, action, intimacy. Close out, all right, cl- all right, so maybe five is just, the, the close out is not part of the five phase, okay? Um, yeah, it's like an audible. Um, so, that's, so that's one way that a lot of like praise and worship or evangelical churches will approach worship. Um, and again, I just can't be clear enough. Like when you start leading worship, you're not handed this stuff. This is just kind of like just helpful models that, that, that people have identified to say, hey, this is how to help people journey in to the experience of, of worshiping God. Um, the, uh, there's another thing called the four phase, which is a little bit um, more metaphorical. It follows the image of the temple in Jerusalem. So it's, simple, it's simply like this. Uh, the first phase is outside the courtyard, you know, like in the temple in Jerusalem. People could gather outside the courtyard. You, didn't, you could be a Gentile. You could be anybody. But the further you got into the temple, to the Holy of Holies, you had to be more holy and more selected. 
and so this is like a way to kind of symbolize that. Um, so the people are being prepared to come in. You know, the, the second phase is the outer court. And this kind of talks a little bit more about like um, how, this, how the congregation should respond. So you're singing songs that just kind of talk about like, you know, we should be happy. We are happy to come into the presence of God. You know, lift your hand, shout his name, blah, 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 blah. The third phase, uh, again, as you're kind of moving into more and more of a kind of a sense of holiness, is the inner court. Um, and this is where you really start to, uh, to, to sing songs about God directly to him. Um, you're declaring just his worth over and over again and magnifying his character, just dwelling on the attributes of God, his faithfulness, his mercy, his love. Um, and then the fourth phase is, is uh, the Holy of Holies, straight from the, straight from the temple. Um, this would be like a time that's extremely intense. I mean, if you remember the Holy of Holies, priest could enter once a year. One priest, once a year, could enter the Holy of Holies, and he had to have a rope around his ankle in case he was struck dead by God. So, like, this is an intense, <laughs> designed to be an intense experience, uh, but also very intimate. So those are two kind of uh, two models that, that help people kind of bring, usher people into an experience of God. And, it's, and as goofy as it sounds, it's helpful. Like you can tell if you sometimes, if you rush, if you rush intimacy before, you know, people are ready, it's, there can be a disconnect. Now, sometimes God can move through anything. But as a worship leader who's done it, you know, like there are times when you're like, wow, like I rush, I pushed people too fast to get to somewhere. You know, like they just weren't ready yet. They needed more time. Um, so I don't use, strictly speaking, um, either of those things. I really thought about, I was like, well, what do I do? You know, and what's E3's culture? And I actually came up with a model of, of, of the way we approach things. So uh, for those of you on the worship team, you'll be happy to know that this is what we do. If you've ever been wondering, and I've been wondering too, so now I know. Um, so, and, and actually I, I decided, um, I kind of like just took this, the song list from Sunday at Easter and just kind of, so I'll just kind of give examples of how we did, you know, how we did this. Um, can I talk about this for a second? All right, anyway. Um, so first, what I would just say is the call to worship, just like uh, the, the vineyard thing. Um, it's, it's great to have such a, a, a great symbol of that. Like, it's the song to get the people out of the red eye and into the CGA. Doesn't get any more crass than that, you know. But it is the call to worship. It's the walk-in song is what we, we call it. Um, it may be spiritual. It may not be spiritual. It may be something fun to kind of link up to the topic. I've been known to do something fun that has nothing to do with anything. Um, but just to kind of pique people's interest to say like, hey, the gathering is about to begin. Like we are about to start. Um, so like this week, the walk-in song was Our God Saves. 
Uh, for me, like that was a great way to start it just because of that phrase, of that song. Our God saves. It comes from Psalm 68. And for Easter, I was like, what a great way to start. It's like this way of like saying, no, like our God, like God redeemed, uh, God raised Jesus from the dead. He did this thing. He's active. He saves. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, a rocking tune. So I was like, well, that, you know, that's a great walk-in song. It'll get people's attention um, and get things started. So we went from, from I go from that um, to this idea of like what I would just called celebration and remembering, which gets at that, those two things of just like getting people to remember God's saving acts and also celebrating who he is. There's this concept that, um, that comes from the ancient church, uh, this theological concept called Christus Victor, which is Latin for just like the victory of Christ. And um, this is not just like, this is really my reality as a worship leader, and it's something that I'm drumming into um, other folks here. Like, uh, this, the concept that on the cross, you know, Paul writes that, that God disarmed the powers, made spectacles of, of the, the powers of this earth through the cross. He destroyed evil. And so in this really real concept, like Christ, is exalt, Christ isn't, just, isn't just our personal Savior. He is the Lord of the earth. God made him the Lord of the earth by dis- defeating evil on the cross. And so what, what I've been challenging myself and, and, and other people on is this idea of like we need to worship out of that spot. Like our worship needs to be marked by like Jesus is the king of the earth. And so like in our opening worship like it's like i want us focusing that i want us and not just focusing on it like song wise i want us focusing on that like in our attitudes like we come into worship as as victors you know our god has won the victory it's done now that now you know we all know that we live in a world that needs redeeming uh, but that's the tension of being a christian it's the now and the not yet but theologically speaking it's done and I want us to worship from that, like sounds goofy and maybe a little bit like laden with like bad connotations, but like I want us to worship from that triumphant spot. You know, I want people to feel encouraged that their God has won the victory. So um, for this week, like, um, you know, it was broadcast, which uh, Evan won MVP on for drumming so hard. Um, and then we did Sing to the King, you know, and then we did uh, Sing a Song, which was uh, the third day thing, which was, you know, just a remembrance of God's faithfulness. And uh, to kind of pause a bit there, like, we're trying to, every time I string together a worship order, um, I want to tell, I'm trying to tell a story that, that Sunday. So, like, I want to be able to personally look at it, look at the songs that I've selected and be able to tell you a story of, like, why I selected these songs. So, like, sometimes it's, it may, sometimes it's deeper than others. So, like, for me, um, you know, broadcast uh, the Steve Fee song, I mean, it comes right out, like, the second line is, I know the man who's breaking the prison chains, he's overtaking the grave. So, right from the get-go, we have resurrection 
in the, in the building. You know, like we have resurrection in people's heads. And there's also just that, all, the, the chorus, you know, it's kind of evangelistic. I want to broadcast all over the world, but just that kind of, our God is good. Our God is good. I want to plant that seed in people's heads. Our God is good, you know, and just reinforce that. And then to go from a song like that to sing to the king, where it's just like, yeah, like we are reminding ourselves that, uh, that Jesus was resurrected. He, he is still coming to reign. And it's just such a great song anyway. It's just such a, just like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, you're just, it's, it's money, you know. Um, it's, a, a, I mean, not to be goofy, but it's a lock. People, it's an anointed song, however you want to put it. People love that song. And there's something about our souls, most of us, that when we sing that, it's just, yes, 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 you know. Um, so sing to the king, you know, and that also encapsulates that uh, broadcast in, and sing to the king also have we. They have that we language in them again. And then um, sing a song is just kind of, for me, was just kind of a, a kind of a stepping back and really talking about God's faithfulness again. Because resurrection, to me, uh, this, this year, just that theme kept coming up of like God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness in the, in the, in the uh, face of just no hope. In the, in, the, in the bleakest day, God's faithfulness, you know? And so that's kind of the story I was trying to tell. And whenever someone else leads worship, you know, whether you see Trace or you, know, you saw Patrick or James or anybody, it's like I'm always saying, like, what story are you trying to tell? Tell me, because if you can't tell me, then, you know, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli might not be running from left to right. They might be running, you know, and like, so you might not notice, but, but then you might be like, ah, oh, something just felt like, eh, like, just didn't connect. So, um, so then from, at, at E3, the next phase, this would be number three. Number three, okay. Um, would be what, just the word, you know, like that's Mark. So he delivers the word of God, if you remember correctly, or if you remember last time we gathered, like, just this whole idea of, like, Christian worship is always, and, and uh, actually not even Christian worship, but Jewish worship, you know, the word of God is, is so important. So that's the word. And then a lot of churches don't respond as much as, as we do. Some churches respond a lot after the word. We kind of you know, fall a little bit in the middle or um, maybe even to the light side. But, this, but the next phase is just the response. Uh, so, you know, Mark prays, and then the band magically appears, poof, uh, uh, on the stage. And uh, this is, uh, there's a couple key words uh, that, that, that really I operate out of. And for, for the response phase, uh, the two words that 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 connect with me are broken and blessed. And so when I'm thinking of songs and when I'm thinking of response, I'm thinking of broken people but blessed people. And like we're looking out here and, and, and that's what we see. And to really even be more symbolic like with it is, is it actually connects with me um, to communion, when Jesus breaks the bread and then he blesses it. And so like what we're trying to do then is just connect with people's brokenness because let's face it, like there's a lot of broken people in the world and in, in this place and in the world. And when Mark delivers something, like 
we want to be able to give for people to have to to um, give voice and give word uh, to that brokenness inside them and give them permission. But we don't want to leave them there, and that's where the blessedness come in comes in. It's like, yes, you're broken. Yes, we you're you're messy. You're not perfect. But guess what? You know you're blessed by God. You are adored by God. You are loved by God. Um, so like for this Sunday, um, you know, I, I did this kind of last, last year as well, which is I started responding, the response time with a song that was a little bit like a kind of a downer, like we did Blessed Be Your Name, you know, you give and take away, well, Blessed Be Your Name. But to me, it was like, again, that's what resurrection was. Resurrection was, was hopelessness. You know, and who knows what the disciples were doing, but there's that, that element of pain, like I am walking the road of suffering. I'm walking the road of suffering. But, but blessed be your name, you know. And for some of us, we are living in Saturday right now. Like that's our day. Um, some of us are closer to Sunday than, than others. But, but what I mean by that is like some of us are stuck inside Saturday. We know that life is supposed to be good. We know that God is supposed to give us hope, but the reality of our life is like we're like, I feel more doubt, more confusion, and more hopelessness than hope. And so like that's part of the resurrection as well. And so like to start that, that response with just like, hey, like life is painful, but we still have to lift up our voices. We still say, blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Um, and then um, just to allow people that continued, and this is where things get a little bit more wishy-washy, is like, I will not be silent, the David Crowder song that we ended with. Like, that is just, uh, in, my, in my experience, that is just a song that people just grab onto like nobody's business. And it lets them celebrate and lets them release. And that's the blessed part. You know, like part of it is like, yes, okay, like God's redeeming creation. Okay, it works for resurrection. But there's people who are just like, I just want people to feel blessed. I just want you to release. I just want you to feel happy. I just want you to be, I will not be silent. I will not be silent. Uh, and just to, to join with creation in declaring God's goodness. So, um, that's the, that's the way it worked on Sunday, and that's kind of the way I approach it. And there's one other kind of phase or element that we bring in, and that's kind of a sending thing where that we don't do a whole lot, like, which is just a notion of like, hey, you know, now you're sent out to the world. You know, like you've, you've celebrated God, you've heard the word, um, you've responded, but it's not complete until you're sent back out into the world. You know, I heard a preacher once say that God's people are never dismissed. God's people are never dismissed. They're sent out to the world. And that's kind of what Mark does with the closing thought, you know, and like, let's praise God with our hand. It's kind of like whatever, but not really whatever. I mean, that's a point. I mean, God, or Mark, um, boy, is that a Freudian slip? Um, uh, Mark, a lot of times, functions as the sending part. But sometimes, musically, like, we'll do that and just kind of allow people to be pushed out uh, that way. So, um, so that's kind of what that's kind of the way I approach things here at E3. There's a couple I wanted to end with just some this is kind of interesting or kind of fun. And um, 
If you, I, I think probably what we'll do is just before we split, what time is it? Anybody got time? Yes, it's 3.33. Uh, um, so I'm just going to end with this little thing. If, and if anybody has any questions about anything, we can do that just for briefly and for a brief time. And then we can kind of just kind of, there's like one little discussion question uh, that's kind of around this next little area. There's some, there's some things at E3 that I steer away from. Some very, very much steer away from. And some things that I kind of like, I just kind of watch about like the songs we, we uh, sing. And um, the first thing is I try to make sure that our worship is not so I-centric. That's hard because there's just not a lot of songs that say we. But we do try to keep an eye on how much we say I in the songs, how much we talk about me versus how much we just talk about God. You know, and just be like, this is for this is for God. And if it's not for God, it should be for us as a people. And then lastly, it should be about you know me and I. Um, so I try to keep an I try to keep an eye on that. Um, it's difficult. But one of the big things that I took a I, I take a really firm stand on, and and this can be a little bit I don't think it's controversial. At least it's not to me. Is I uh, tried very very hard to strike from our body of worship at E3, any, any songs that talk about being in love with Jesus. Um, this is just kind of like an interesting little thing. Um, I read something a few years, uh, actually, yeah, about a year and a half ago, um, that talks about we are not to be in love with Jesus. and We should not even sing about being in love with Jesus. We should love God, but not be in love with God. And uh, the reason why is that in love, being in love with somebody is a temporary thing. It's a thing that is co-opted by Hollywood and romance novels. Uh, and it is not the way we are to worship our God. We are to love our God, but not be in love with Him. Does that make sense to people? You know, like, it kind of works both ways. It's like, um, we're not to, I, I feel like it's healthy sometimes to, to gain a healthy distance from um, uh, Western culture, American culture. And by just kind of separating our language and saying like, we're not going to be in love with God, it gives us a little bit of distance from like The Bachelor or, uh, you know, what's that Will Smith movie where he's like the, the date hitch? You know, like it gives us a little bit, it gives us a little distance from the fairy tale. Because God's not a fairy tale. You know, it grounds us in reality. You know, for any of you guys who are married, like, I mean, yes, you know, you want to be sort of in love with your wife or with your husband. But, but what's more important is the day in, day out loving of your spouse. Loving of your children. Seeking their best. And that's not what in love is about. In love is about, I think, like the first time I spoke at E3, love, being in love is about staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning and, you know, eating foods that you don't like just because this other person wants to go there and you hate, you know, and you hate Chinese food, but you'll go anyway. Um, but in love feelings fade. And so that's why 
uh, you know, and there's some great songs, you know. Uh, um, I stand in awe. I stand in awe of a red Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Redman. You know, I stand in awe of you. Um, Jesus, I am so in love with you. And I sort of had to take a stand and be just like, I just can't do it. Um, it's a brilliant song. It says something so profound, but I really think this is an important thing. And uh, so those are like the two things that I kind of just say, like, worship leaders, like, I'm going to, if, if I see it, I'm going to call, and like, every once in a while, I'll let one slip past the goalie, but, um, but I try to really discipline myself that way. Um, God can get our affections through other, through other songs, and sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll even tweak a song's lyrics just so I don't have to, to you know, sing, uh, sing that, so... Anybody have any? All right, so that's, that's actually all I have for tonight. That's the way E3 w- functions, and, and, and that's my vision behind what this is. And um, every Sunday, we're at this mixture of, of, you know, meeting with God's people and at, at the same time being in a mission field, you know? And, like, we want to provide this avenue for people to become, like, radically impacted by God. And at the same time, we know there's people here who are like, ah, oh, man, you know, I'm still drunk and high from last night. I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go to church, you know? And they're here too. And it's like, it's crazy to think about because you've got people who are just giving it all to God and you have people who sit around and they look like, I mean, I mean I'm just going to be authentic and honest because like I said, my prayer and my hope is that this group of people can hear my heart on this, and then maybe, just maybe, can have a couple conversations with their friends in this community, and something can happen, and, 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 and E3 can go deeper into the heart of God. But I mean, there are, so many, there are so many days that I just want to stop the band and just go, why are you here? And, and you know, uh, that's just kind of my personality, um, and I know that that would be, if, if I thought it was the right thing to do, I would do it. Um, but I know that ultimately it would be a bad thing to do. But there is this question of like, why are you here? Um, even for people who have been believers of God for years and years, why are you here? You know, um, and we're going to talk next week as we end and wrap up. Like, we're going to really just get down to like personal how we approach worship. Um, but you have to understand that like this is not. I think you guys probably all get this as much as this is not a show to us. We have fun doing this, but that's because God's designed us for community. So if I walk over while Patrick's playing guitar and acknowledge that he's playing great guitar, that's okay because it's not because because it's it's God's people, you know? It's not just me in this private worship experience. Like, you know, and if I look out and I make eye contact with somebody, like that's not like, for some people, like that's like the mortal sin of worship leaders, but it's not. I'm just acknowledging like, hey, like you're worshiping God and I'm worshiping God. Isn't this cool? Like, this is great. But this is not a show to us and it's not a show to me. And, and, um, and even though, you know, like, so I, I don't lead worship by, faith, uh, by sight. I lead it by faith. But, um, but it's also just like, it's a precious, it's a precious, precious moment. And it's, 
and it's uh, and it's times when I just I just want people to meet with God, and if they don't meet with God, I want them to just be rehearsing rehearsing His character, rehearsing His salvation in their lives. So maybe come Wednesday night or Thursday night or Friday night when they're struggling with some kind of temptation, just just maybe something will pop into their head that they've sung and something will get short-circuited and they'll be able to say no when they've not said no before. You know? um, so that's, that's all I've got. Tonight.